This is Magic City Soccer. Es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. Let's go, Miami FC. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Vamos, Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, bitches. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, your home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Thank you for joining us this evening or this morning or whenever you're joining us. I am Matthew Bunch uh, here on the podcast and along with me this evening, a two-man show. I've got Drew Hausman. Drew, how you doing, pal? I'm doing great. What's up, everybody? It's hard to be doing pretty badly because uh, the Miami FC have got themselves a, a nice little streak going here. Um, we got a lot to talk about, just like we had a lot to talk about last week, uh, with, uh, hashtag Miami Soccer Week. Um, it's a little more quiet on the, on the soccer front here locally, but, uh, a lot of Miami FC action, so we're gonna dive right into that. We're gonna start with the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup competition. Uh, Miami FC entered the competition playing the South Florida Surf, and it was a game, if you were a neutral, a really enjoyable game, and if you were... Uh, a fan of either side, it was a uh, a really nervy uh, go of it. What'd you what'd you make of that game, Drew? Yeah, it was a good game. Uh, first of all, first off, we did the uh, watch part or I guess tailgate or pregame at Titanic Brewery, which was a great opportunity to go to a new place and uh, also a new venue. I know yes. you were some t- super pumped about it, but um, <laughs> it worked out perfectly for the amount of people that showed up. You know, they had one set of stands, and we ended up filling the whole thing with uh, Dade Brigade and some other people. So it worked out pretty well in the end uh, with the venue and everything. So I was, I was pleased with that. Um, going into the game itself, you know, it, it was scared, as, as I stated in a previous podcast, don't sleep on the surf. And uh, mm. within 20 minutes, uh, they, they let us know why. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Yeah, uh, I mean, they, they put together a good goal. We had possession for, for most of that first half, but uh, once they got a hold of the ball, they put together a couple nice nice passing plays and uh, ended up with the, with the early goal. Um, it, was, it was frustrating, but uh, what, were your, what were your thoughts on the, on the first half? Uh, yeah, you know, I, we, we talked about it on the, the halftime show uh, on our Facebook Live, and if you don't follow us there, please uh, please do so, because I think we do a lot of some pretty good uh, material there. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those things uh, that Miami dominated the game, yet didn't really do anything that would make it appear that they should be having a lead. And that seems very counterintuitive. You're like, if they're dominating, well, they ought to have a lead. Well, no. They were dominating the back third and the middle third and the forward third. They weren't really doing anything creative or interesting. And so they had all this possession and really didn't do much anything with it. Um, I, I thought maybe maybe South Florida were a bit lucky to get a goal, considering kind of the quality of their... Um, the quality of their possessions generally, but they they had an open look and they knocked it in. I would say that each team probably had about two good quality chances on goal in in the half, even though Miami had like 20 chances on goal. I think a lot of them were like crosses and and things like that. But the real like 
oh, that could go in. I think it was pretty even. And, and I would say if it had been 1-1, I think it would have been fair. If it had been 1-0 either way, I think it would have been fair too. Um, because Miami FC didn't do anything that really jumped off the page and made you say, yeah, they, they definitely should have had a lead. Yeah, on top, you were saying we had a lot of crosses, and it was super, like, really windy that night, too. So I think yes. that affected a lot of the play that, you know, they were crossing left and right, but with the wind and everything, nothing was really connecting. Uh, Martinez wasn't getting any kind of good opportunities up front. Um, but, I mean, at the half, uh, our man Nesta did did the unthinkable and made two substitutes going into the second half. <laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting. Again, we, we commented on the Facebook Live, and, and we talked about it a bit in the Day Brigade chat. Um, everyone's favorite Welshman, Lee Eifens, we had a conversation with him, and, and he had said he, he didn't like the first-half approach from the team because it was a possession game. And when you're playing that kind of, of lower-level competition, again, even though South Florida Surf are Division Four plus, you know, they're, they've got some real quality players, but they're still Division Four. When you're playing that kind of quote, competition, when you're the quote-unquote better team, you ought to be going out on the front foot and trying to bury them right away, attacking aggressive focus. And instead it was very, you know, uh, tiki-taki, tiki-taki, you know, the passing and passing and passing and trying to pass them to death. The subs that we saw at the beginning of the second half, I feel like was the change in attitude that I think we had wanted to see. And again, one of the great weaknesses of Alessandro Nesta early on in his coaching career that, that you know, we on this podcast and other people have given him, given him a little stick for was his reluctance to use substitutes and often how late those substitutes come on. He completely broke the mold in this game, going against his normal style, and it paid off in spades. They were tr- fantastic substitutes. Yeah, we got um, Michelle actually started the game, and then uh, Richie Ryan, I believe, came on for him, and Johnny Steele came off, and uh, Maras went in. And it kind of just kind of goes to show you how I think Richie Ryan's a bit uh, of an underappreciated player on the team because once he came in, you could clearly see the difference in that game. Um, yeah, and then, you know, going into it, maybe, what was it, the 48th, 49th minute, uh, Smith crossed Poku header into the net to, to tie it up. So, you know, within minutes of the, the, the half starting and those substitutions, they were able to uh, equalize it from that point. Yeah, that was that goal was like a bolt of lightning because it just kind of came out of nowhere, considering what the team had been doing in the first half. It was there was purpose and intent, and it was very clear. You could see the play developing as it happened, and and Poku had a wonderful finish on it and got Miami FC back in it. And then it it, it looked as though it was Katie bar the door, and everything was was going to start trending Miami FC's way. They get a second one in in pretty short order. And you think it's going to be a 3-1 or a 4-1 or a 5-1 and that Miami FC have awoken from their slumber, but didn't quite work out that way. Yeah, no. <laughs> we, we also lucked out because the, the second goal was an own goal, so uh, the, the surf gave us a little donation on that one. <laughs> yes, although I would say it definitely was not a, a – I would say it's a forced error. There was yeah, definitely yeah. – you know, Miami FC was putting the pressure and, and they cracked. Um, but it, it, it was not wholly undeserved. It was not like there's a great video of, of those floating around the internet. I think maybe last week, some player, I think it was like third division Swiss play. And this guy had a, like a full on bicycle kick own goal that he was trying to clear <laughs> it. And he just biked it into like top corner, just bend it. It was beautiful. Um, so it, it was not an unforced error. It was a forced error. And, and, and 
you know, but but South Florida Surf crawl out. They are a feisty, you know, a, a team full of uh, full of energy and full of effort trying to get back in that game, which I thought was impressive. Yeah, and then um, so we go up, and then uh, we had a blast from the past. Uh, former <laughs> uh, former Hammerhead player who scored on us last year, then got the uh, got the second goal for uh, the Surf. Uh, kind of burned Hunter Freeman, got it into the back of the net. Yeah, man, um, that was that was something. That was something. Yeah, man, I got. I don't know, man. Freeman Freeman's a bit frustrating, but uh, yeah, it was it was a nice goal. Um, I got worried too because you know these these Open Cup games could go any way in the wind. So automatically at that time, I was kind of thinking like, all right, uh, PKs, I suppose, <laughs> like. Yeah, maybe, right. Maybe maybe we can hold this out a little and, you know, keep them from scoring at this point. But um uh who got the final goal? It wasn't uh Chavez. Jaime yeah, Chavez. Jaime Chavez opened his account. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of before this game, I was saying that that's kind of what happened last year was Chavez struggled a little bit in the beginning of the year, got his first goal in the Open Cup and then kind of broke out, so Hopefully now that he scored, this kind of repeats itself like last year and he kind of gets the confidence, uh, gets to play a little more and can get back into the swing of things. Um, but once again, the Chavez goal like the Poku one came off uh, Blake Smith cross. So as as we were hyping him up in the beginning of the season, you know, kind of wondering where he'd play, where he'd fit in, you know, it's showing that these some of these guys who aren't getting starting time are, uh, are really putting in some work on when they get the chance to. Um yeah, man. Besides, like, towards the end of the game, the, you know, we were up 3-2, but, man, some shit went down <laughs> towards the end. Yeah, it was... It, late in the game, like, Vega passed it to one of their forwards. Like, I don't even know how that error happened. Like, he missed the clearance. They almost scored, and then towards the end, they had that crazy thing. Uh, I think it was Mares got, like, Ric Flair, uh, her... Iron Sheik Cobra Clutch like wrapped up and freaking Chavez started fighting with the defender. The freaking goalie from the surf like bolted out of the box, ran into the, like halfway on the field, just started and, shoving people. And like people. with a shove, like he yeah, he, he yeah. ran. He was like mid run when he launched his shove. It was with force. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, like the the Gonzalez uh, issue could have been a red on its own, but then when the dude just bolts out of nowhere, the keeper and just starts uh throwing players down the field. I was kind of surprised that, uh, A, that that didn't escalate any further, and then I was surprised with the lack of uh, further cards going on from it. But, I mean, at that point, it was so late in the game, I think they what blew the whistle like a minute or two after that. So Yeah. Uh, and we I, won. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still hung up on the fact, I know you mentioned this five minutes ago, but I, 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 we must have talked about it, but I don't remember it. I did not remember that Jeff Michaud was the guy was a goal scorer against us for Wilmington last year. I completely missed that. Yeah, I I didn't either. And then I I saw somebody posted it on Twitter. It might have been the U.S. Open Cup account because they had another like crazy stat for him that he scored in the Open Cup for like four different teams. I think so. I believe <laughs> this would make his fifth. So he's he's kind of become this uh, little like Open Cup legend now. But. Uh, Unfortunately, two of his successes were against us in back-to-back years. So, uh, like, how many players have two goals against Miami FC since its founding last year? Like, it's it's. 
I I now want to someone someone who's listening to us you do the search for us I, I'll I'll look it up too but um like that can't be a long list even among a whole full season last year and this guy who's played on two different teams neither one of which is in the NASL has two yeah. goals like that's yeah. insane both teams also lower division than us <laughs> yeah lower division <laughs> open cup that's it that's the only shot you would have and he's got two goals that's insane yeah. good for him um. But hopefully he doesn't get uh, traded in next offseason and end yeah, up playing us Lord. in the Open Cup again. <laughs> Keep him out of NASL. Move him up to NA, uh, MLS if you have to. But yeah, <laughs> geez, Luis, he's a Miami FC killer. Um, so yeah, it was it was definitely chippy. It was definitely I would say uh, pretty much refereed like you would expect an Open Cup game to be, which was loose. I don't think I don't say that necessarily in a bad way. But I do think it was definitely, uh, you know, there there were grounds, I think, for a red card to come out at some point, and, and it didn't. And again, I'm not necessarily asking for it. I just, you know, you, it was loose. It was a loose game. Um, but it was fun. As Drew said, uh, it was it was at Cobb Stadium, which is on the campus of the University of Miami. It's UM's uh, track facility and their uh, soccer stadium, soccer-specific stadium. If you've ever been to Mark Light Field at UM, it's it's basically way far out in left field over the scoreboard. Um and yeah, it was great. You know, I, I remember we were at Titanic for for the pregame, and I very much enjoy our setup at FIU. Ricardo Silva Stadium is, is really nice, and and I, I spoke with Sean Flynn at the the at the pregame there, and, and you know had commented like things were getting better. You know, it was we still have our complaints here and there as anyone would would, but it, things are a lot better than what they were last year. But there was something really charming about. You know, putting down a couple pints at the local tavern, you know, and then getting up our flags and taking a three-minute walk with our flags over towards the stadium. I thought it was a really interesting, cool experience. And it's not something you can really do at Ricardo Silva. It's not really something you can do anywhere in Miami because basically the only venues that exist are in public parks or are these massive facilities like FIU or uh, or Hard Rock. And, the, you know, the parking basically goes on forever and ever. Uh, it was a really nice, intimate experience. Yeah, the other the other bonus to there was kind of um, the uh, the Metro Rail access or access for people because it's off of US One. Yes, so right on the university stop. Yeah, and it's a it's a good kind of centralized location. Uh, unfortunately, the capacity of that place is tiny. But um, now that we know that Open Cups can Open Cup games can be played there. Uh, whether it's Miami FC or another team in the future, I, I look forward to going back there. Yes, I would definitely encourage um, UM to get in on the uh, the Open Cup action, even with some lower division clubs and and Miami FC when they're playing those lower division clubs and, and they don't want to you know go through the rigmarole of renting out FIU Stadium. I, I think it's a very very suitable alternative. I had always argued for Tropical Park, and we went there for Red Force versus South Florida Surf, and it was good. But I actually think this was even better. Yeah, yeah. As long as the um... The expected attendance is, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I wonder what the capacity even was there. I have no clue, but I would I would ballpark if you include the 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 benches on the far left hand side, not the actual the, the if you include the temporary benches. I I would say five hundred. Yeah, yeah. Five hundred to seven fifty, somewhere in that range. Um, it's it's actually interesting. I was I was telling my wife about this. I, in my past life, I was a. Uh, a newspaper reporter for the student, the student newspaper at UM, and, and I, I work part time at the Herald as well. And uh, the first story I ever did was actually a women's soccer story at that stadium. And so Drew and I, as as we'll actually allude to in a minute, uh, Drew and myself and and Lee Ifans and Elmar Mubayed, 
um, who's currently pledging his loyalty and fealty to uh, to hockey tonight. Um, it, it's the select a seat for the Panthers, so I hope he's enjoying that and getting himself a good seat. Oh um, man, that's, that's whatever. <laughs> it's it's a it's a once. Once a once a year opportunity for the season ticket holders. I don't blame him, and I'm unavailable tomorrow night because I, I'm going to be in Orlando, and it's Friday night. And who wants to record on a Friday night? Um, but so yeah, I, I you know getting this audio and being on the field, it brought back. It was like flashback. It was it was quite interesting, um, going around my old haunts. So that was nice. Um, Aww. So yeah, I know single tear <laughs> rolls down my rolls down my cheek. Um, so. Um, Continuing on about this game, as I mentioned, we have some really good audio. We got a ton of audio, basically. Um, some from Lee, some from Omar, some from myself, some from Drew. We were all kind of hanging around and generally bothering people after the game because that's what we yeah. do. Um, Omar had the actual press pass and went to the post-game press conference. And yes. then <laughs> me, you, and Lee just went guerrilla style and ran around like crazy people. Just went <laughs> talking to people. whoever, Talking to whoever didn't not make eye contact yes. with us and walk away <laughs> whoever didn't whoever didn't rightly not make contact with yeah, us. yeah. They, they are totally in the right um so yeah so i i want to um there are a few i want to highlight and we're actually going to everything we got we're going to include at the end if we don't play it here but there are a few i want to highlight and want to um uh play uh one is um from omar from the post game press conference with the the gaffer, the 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 head coach, uh, Alessandro Nesta, um, again talking right after the game, his reaction to the game, not entirely positive, and I think that was generally the reaction that there was, you know, some good to take away, but there was also some bad that needed to be reflected on. So um, we'll pause here for a second and uh, turn things over to the coach. You are very happy with the win. A little bit complicated, but what are your thoughts after this game? Oh, I'm happy for the score, but uh, I'm, I'm not happy for the approach of the game. It's normal sometimes uh, to to play like like today, but uh, to be a strong team, uh, we have to play every game uh, the same uh, attitude, the same concentration. If uh, we don't play uh, Ricardo Silva Stadium, we have to play the same the same football. But today, so so for me, uh, today we spend uh, energy for nothing. We lost energy for the next uh, next uh, next game. Okay. Coach, it's a lot like the Puerto Rico game in that you made some changes pretty quick and they had a lot of influence. What did you see that, that made you use two substitutions at halftime? I saw something uh, to fix and uh, sometimes for me, you don't have time to wait, maybe change the game. Sometimes you have to make a decision. I decided to change it to players because uh, in that moment I thought it uh, was good to change. And that's it. Next. next. You said something about Ricardo Silva Stadium and playing here. Um, is that an indictment that there was something wrong with the field out here today? Oh, it was beautiful. Okay. Beautiful. But grass, the... Finally the grass. And uh, oh, is it the attitude different? Because uh, when we play at home, we feel more... Uh, the responsibility maybe today here uh, I don't know but uh, if we, the approach was different for me uh, after time uh, we're gonna finish the game coach a lot of the players from the South Florida surf have played professionally before do you think the fact that 
right now in this current team, it's not a professional team. It's more amateur and they're not getting paid. Do you think that got into the head of your players and maybe they let their guard down? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we talk about uh, uh, this team uh, and uh, I talk with the guys. I say this is important game and difficult game. If the approach is not good, we're going to have a problem. This is a... Uh, we had a problem. Nesta, the first 15 minutes was all you, and then the, their goal. Then the second half was a little bit of the same, all you, and then that goal. What does Miami FC needs to do to take care of this, to be mentally prepared for 45 minutes? Yeah, for me, sometimes, uh, every time uh, the other team scored, we had, sometimes uh, I want to win a 1-0 sometimes. Uh, no, every time we have to score three goals. This is uh, the message uh, I gave to the, to the guys last uh, week. Today is the same, but uh, we need uh, to. I want to result, uh, but now, no, maybe. What did you say in halftime? Uh, <laughs> it was a it was a good message because the no, goal was at minute no, 47, I guess. I was upset. Sometimes I try to help the guys. Sometimes uh, I try to push. For me, today I push the guy to change mentality because. Uh, you want to fix something tactical, you talk uh, slow, and uh, maybe they understand. When you want to push, uh, uh, because uh, you don't, uh, don't like the attitude, maybe uh, to the voice uh, a little bit higher. These games serve you to get a little bit better as a coach, right? No, no, no. This game, uh, I, I lose uh, energy too, but like the guys. Your, your second year here, there's a lot more stability. You know, how important is this competition? You know, to you, I know some teams don't value it as much as other teams. No, it's okay. I like this league. I like uh, this football. I decide to come here, and uh, I like to stay here. For me, we have a, a good group uh, with the guys. Uh, we are building something very important for me. Uh, first position. Now, second round uh, to the U.S. Cup. It's uh, for me a very good start, uh, beginning of the, the season. Uh, moving on from this game, there's been a rumor uh, put out on multiple websites and multiple newspapers around the world linking Francesco Totti with this team. Is, is that just a rumor? Is there any comments you can give us on that at this point in time? No, no. We have, uh, the market is closed. And uh, Totti is under contract uh, in Rome. And for me, no. So you heard there from the head coach. Uh, let's talk to one of the impact subs uh, that came on in this game, Dylan Mares. Uh, Queso Blanco. Queso Blanco. He heard the Queso Blanco uh, chant uh, on Wednesday night. Also heard it on Saturday. Did he scored on Saturday, right? Or am I hallucinating? Uh, I believe so. Or did he have an assist? Yeah, he was either. He, he definitely got something on Saturday. He's been he's been hot uh, ever since I mistakenly thought he was a new player and hadn't played in the league before <laughs> mistakenly realized, Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, he had, um, but he's been on fire. He, he and Baggio Casera have really been two of the, uh, names to step up this year that really hadn't played a big role last year. So let's hear from Dylan Morris and, uh, hear about his reflections on the game. How did you feel when the subtle you were going in the second half? Um, he told me to be ready before the game. You know, I had an understanding that, you know, we've been playing a lot of games, so the guys who have gotten more minutes lately um, need a little bit of rest, but at the same time, the guys who haven't been getting minutes need minutes. You know, we need a deep roster. You can see with Indy, for instance, if you look at their team, uh, they have a lot of guys out and that are coming back. So for, 
for us, it's about staying healthy and keeping everyone ready to play. You know, we need every single person to win games like these. As uh, you guys talked to Blake recently, you know, it's it's tough to play these games. But again, you got to be ready and, and come in mentally and and uh, be ready to go when he asks you to join. Their keeper was making some crazy saves today. How frustrating is it when you're dominating possession, taking shots at goal that would go in, but the keeper just keeps making incredible saves? You know, it's part of the game. You know, you got. It doesn't matter who you're playing. If if they're having a good game, you know, you can only do so much before uh, luck or, or something and a bounce uh, goes your way. But you know, he, he did well today, um, as as you saw, and uh, pro props to them. But you know, they're a good team. They fought hard, and um, you know, it was a good challenge for us. And you know, we were uh, we we're happy to come away with a win and, and move on to the next round. Five changes to the starting 11, and yet it didn't look like there was any chemistry issues, especially early on in the match. You guys dominated the pace of play and possession pretty much throughout the whole game. Um, is that a testament to the training regimen and what the coaches put you guys through the week to prepare you guys for Saturdays and, in this case, well, a Wednesday? Or is it more of just the camaraderie in the locker room? A combination. I mean, when you have a team like ours, I think it's a special a special team. As you can see throughout the season so far, we've we've done fairly well. I think there's a lot of room for improvement, but again, it comes down to practice. I mean, day in and day out, guys grinding and working hard, um, doing what the coaches ask. And uh, again, they're, they're, you know, teaching us as we go along, we're learning and everyone's taking that in and um, paying attention. So, I mean, if you're tuned out and, and you come to the game, you'll, it'll, it'll probably show. Uh, but again, most, almost every guy on the team hardworking guys, you know, I'll vouch for every single one of them that they'll come and work every day uh, and, you know, do all the behind the scenes stuff that you'd, you wouldn't see coming to the games. But, you know, they did well and I think uh, I wouldn't expect anything less than that. Your 60th minute goal got officially credited as an own goal. Did you get enough of it for us to consider it your goal or would you stick with the, I guess, the official score? Yeah, I'd stick with the official. I <laughs> went across the goal and I saw the guy was facing the wrong way and had nothing, no option, but, you know, hit off his foot, I guess, so. Thank you're going back to Indiana. Can you talk a little bit about that, you know, well that's taking what it would mean to you to get a win there with your new team? Uh, it'll mean a lot. Again, it's it's another game for me. You know, it'll be nice to play in front of my family and friends and family that I haven't seen in a while. Um, and up there is, is a great atmosphere uh, every game. So it'll be fun. But at the same time, we're going in with the mentality that we need three points every single game. You know, we're trying to keep keep climbing, keep climbing, and stay at the top where we are right now. And it's very important to take every game with uh, with weight on your shoulder so that, you know, we can go in and, and be prepared. And we got to uh, come off this game and, and uh, get the legs uh, going and, and get ready for this weekend. So, again, as uh, Drew mentioned, we were awkward stalkers uh, after the game, uh, trying to get who we could. And, and we, we all have our, uh, our crushes, our man crushes. Uh, and for Drew, obviously, if you don't know this by this point, you're not listening carefully. Uh, Drew's main <laughs> man is uh, Vincenzo Ranella. Numero uh, otto. Con fromaggio o a back fromage? Yeah, we, Scandal. we find, yeah, we find out we, we find out the important answers coming up <laughs> next on Hard Copy. We <laughs> chung chung. We asked the questions you didn't even know you needed to answer <laughs> yeah. for. So uh, we speak with Vincenzo about the game. We speak with Vincenzo about language and national cheese. identity. And, of course, cheese. Here's Vincenzo Ranella. What's it like to get this win under your belt? Oh, it was important for, for the club, for the team. 
some players have, have less minutes was important for 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 them. And okay, we complicated complicated a little bit the game, but it's okay. We win and we keep going forward. How do you feel? Uh, you know, big game in the league on Saturday, and then coming in uh, later in the game here and making an impact. How do you think that affects you going forward? Uh, you know, playing in the next round and in the league. Yeah, okay, but I think every every team play on the Wednesday this week, so so we have to to manage tomorrow and after we travel can be a little bit tired in in uh, Indy, but it's okay. We are, we have a strong team and we want to win in Indy. Okay, good. I have one more question. Uh, so you're Italian born, but you're French international. Do you speak French or Italian? I speak both. You speak both. Yeah. Uh, so, con formaggio or a bec formage? <laughs> Avec fromage. Avec fromage. <laughs> so, last but not least, again, uh, Drew's main man, Vincenzo Ranella, uh, my guy, Michael LaHood of the of Where LaHood at fame. You know, when you design a T-shirt featuring a guy's face, you're you're pledging some loyalty there. Um, <laughs> I spoke to him after the game. There is some video that we have posted on our YouTube account, uh, which you, we have shared on our Twitter account, which is the full interview. That we had uh, with uh, the the part time captain that he now shares with Johnny Barajo now that Barajo's back, but um, the number twenty six Michael LaHood. Uh, we spoke to him about you know what he took from the game, um, what he's taking from the competition and playing against the surf, which as we talked about has some familiar faces if you know the NASL. And then we asked him the question everyone wanted to know: What do you think about playing Tampa? And you're gonna want to stay for the answer. Let's go to Michael LaHood. Michael LaHood, uh, big start here in the Open Cup, uh, a home game, away from home a little bit. Uh, what's your read of the game? What do you take away? A sloppy start uh, in the first half. I thought uh, we created some pretty decent chances, uh, but in these games against uh, some lower-level uh, opposition, you have to put them to the sword first. And if you keep you know, a team that um, is fighting for their lives in the game, give him belief and I thought we did that you know you saw they, they crossed our line our midfield once got one decent half chance and they scored and it's always an uphill battle but you know I thought the guys that came in Richie and Dylan changed the game for us in the second half and that's what this tournament's about uh, survive in advance and not every game this isn't a tournament where you play your prettiest soccer that's what the league's for um, you do whatever it takes to survive in advance and this is just the first hopefully of many games there were a few familiar faces in yeah. the South Florida Surf Squad if you're you know, an yeah. NASLer um, from last season. Any yeah. um, how, how do you think that benefited them? I mean, obviously, there's an yeah. obvious benefit of the talent level, but what, what else do you think might help them, help them kind of make it such a competitive game? Um, I think, you know, just being on the field, those guys brought they, they brought some time, especially when they got the, the lead. Um, you know, I, I don't know, Manny Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's a defensive midfielder, and you know, he was pretty composed, didn't play out of his uh, means. Um, I, I don't think I ever played against him with the strikers, but that's, that's his game, you know, being calm and uh, controlling uh, midfielder. And then Alexander usually plays a holding mid, but uh, he's a handful at center back. I mean, it looks like he ate three of the strikers players when they uh, cut their team. And uh, now he's a big fella, and he's physical, you know, and uh, fortunately for us. Hey. Um, yeah, still fit. For, fortunately for us, we were able to, you know, the spaces were always between the center back and uh, the, the fifth defender, and we exploited that uh, with crosses at the back post. That's something that we spoke about at halftime. 
Um, you know, I, I, I specifically spoke to Jaime and, uh, and Poku and Blake because um, those were the spaces that were open, uh, especially crosses coming from the left side to the right back stick. And, you know, two of our goals came from that. So I'm very pleased uh, at the end that we got the win. That's all matters. Last question, Tampa, next round, tasty matchup. What do you think? Screw them. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it there. That game on May 31st. I don't think there's going to be. Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> Get down. Get down. Um, yeah, there's not going to be any love lost in that game. Miami and Tampa, it's going to be fantastic. And, of course, the winner gets uh, uh, an even tastier matchup uh, at Orlando. Uh, we're already clearing our schedules just in case. I know I am. Uh, luckily, school's out, so it'll make it a little bit easier. Um, as I said, uh, we have more uh, audio to be heard. We, we uh, Omar was able to speak to uh, Roberto Baggio. Um, he got an interview uh, with Vincenzo Ranella in Spanish. Um, spoke to Blake Smith. Spoke to Poku. And our, our man Lee spoke to his boy. There's only one Mason Trafford. And by the way, we wanted to get some confirmation on that as well. So we spoke to him about that. Um but yeah, so uh, a lot of audio coming up after the show. Make sure you stick around and listen to the end because there's a lot of really good, interesting bits. Um, so let's leave that one in the past. As I said, next matchup, May 31st, 7.30, confirmed with team sources. It will be at FIU Stadium, Ricardo Silva Stadium, Sorry. on May 31st. Miami FC versus Tampa Bay Rowdies. It is uh, a battle for Florida, which I think is uh, really all we could have asked for with this uh, third-round matchup, Drew. The uh, the battle of the lawsuits. Uh. <laughs> Get I want Bill Peterson. Get him down here. Or uh, Bill Bill Edwards. Bill Edwards. I'm mixing up. I always every yeah, single I do that time, too, man. Yeah. Every single time, Bill Edwards. Yeah. Get him. Get Bill Peterson down here too. Well, now he's gonna you sue know. us because we said his name wrong and we're using it on the podcast. So oh boy, edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, Tampa's a scary opponent. They're they're doing really good in the USL this year. Um, one of the positives we have, though, is that Miami had played them in the preseason, beating them three to nothing. Um, obviously, that was the preseason, and you're not getting you know you're not getting the A team on both sides, and both teams were kind of playing around with people. But uh, it's good to know that we've beaten them recently. So we've gotten a look at them, despite them being in another league. So I feel like there is some like. Uh, you know, we've seen them play before, been face-to-face. So uh, it's going to go down, man. We get the home field advantage too, so I really want to play Orlando. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, it, it's, it really makes it, it ramps up the pressure even more knowing who the opponent is going to be um, before you play the game because <laughs> it really, um, you know, if you're familiar with the FA Cup in England, you know, you play – and generally, there may be one or two games left to play, but the draw doesn't come till after uh, at least a couple of results are set, and it's not based on geography. Um, but with this, yeah, it's having that just kind of sitting out there right in front of your nose, um, It's it definitely ramps up the pressure. And if Miami FC aren't playing whole hog, uh, you know Tampa wants to play Orlando City. You know those fans, Ralph's mob, want a chance at Orlando City in the absolute worst way, especially considering last year and what Fort Lauderdale was able to do up in Orlando. So there is a lot on the line riding on that Open Cup game. Yeah, um, so and get, it's, it's not but, like that too because they they put in an MLS bid also. So they have they have two things to prove. They you know I feel like Bill Edwards wants to beat in an ASL team to say haha I beat you in ASL and then get to play an MLS team and 
win or have a competitive game because they are one of the 60 billion lower league teams that have a current bid for one of the MLS positions. So, um, yeah, that's what I was saying. They're definitely going to run out their A squad there. Uh, and and speaking of MLS, uh, Drew, I know we didn't talk about this before in our and because it's hard to believe, but we actually do some show prep before we get started. I do want to talk about Miami MLS, so we're going to save that to the end, some foreshadowing. But don't let me forget it, because even if it's five minutes, I do think it's worth discussing. Um, so, but speaking of the actual team that does exist at the moment and is playing games, um, let's move on and let's talk about the game to come, uh, Miami FC. Uh, we'll be hitting the road. Um, yes, am I? I'm, I'm, I'm not. You are correct. Yes, they're going to Indy. <laughs> yes. I was like, I had. Here, here's what happened. Uh, long story short, a lot of discussions about the Puerto Rico game today in my head, and that was bouncing around. So I was like, is that the next game or is that the game after? I was crossing up that in Indy, but no. The the game is Saturday the twentieth, seven thirty p.m. Mike Lake Carroll Stadium in Indianapolis. It'll be the Indy Eleven versus Miami FC on BN. And on the CW South Florida, so even if you're outside of South Florida, you get to watch this uh, this interesting matchup. Miami FC handed Indy 11 their first loss of the season, uh, and Miami FC is going to look to repeat the effort on the road. Drew, what do you look at when you look at this game? Uh, I think it's great that we're playing them back-to-back, and we handed them their first loss, and then they also lost last night in the Open Cup, them in the Cosmos loss, so uh, they're not looking too hot right now. Um, I think they they haven't been beaten in Indy in like 20-some-odd games, though, so uh, they are definitely one of those teams that have a great uh, advantage at their home field. Uh, the game we played them at home, they had a couple missing players. I know uh, I think Zaya didn't play, and there was maybe one or two others uh, of importance that didn't start. So, uh, you know, we, we, we were lacking uh, Pino for that game, so... It'll be interesting to see whether he's back or not. I I, I think we we're kind of missing him a little in offense. But, um, yeah, man, it's it's important, you know, like we always say, draw draw on the road or, you know, you got to win. So if, if we can draw, I'll be happy. I, I really would like the, the victory, though. Um, this all ties into the Open Cup, too, because if you can get some points and move ahead in the table a little, uh, especially at the game after being Puerto Rico at home, if we can get a comfortable league and potentially clinch the spring season, then these Open Cup games will be a lot easier and we can, you know, put starters into those more so and kind of drop back into the league play. Because there's, what, five games left in the spring season? I believe that is true. I believe we got we got Indy 11, we got Puerto Rico, not counting Tampa Bay, Jacksonville, FC Edmonton. No, wait a minute. It counts wrong. Oh, yeah, and then Jacksonville are... No, wait a minute. No, hold on. No, uh, there's more the than five. Up. I think I think we were wrong in the chat. I think because we talked about this earlier. Is no, it five I, home games? I yeah, it might know. be five home games. We got Indy 11, Puerto Rico, Jacksonville, Edmonton, Jacksonville Armada, New York, North Carolina, Deltas, Deltas. So nine. So nine. I was way off. Yeah, so the, the reason <laughs> but why... they can get into a comfortable lead, though. If they can get into a comfortable lead, it would be, uh, it would be a blessing. Yes. Um, yes, that's definitely what we want to see. Last year, the, the spring season ended at the beginning of June uh, because of the soccer schedule uh, uh, last season, the summer of soccer. Um, this year, I think they've balanced out the spring and the fall schedules a little bit more. Um, to our benefit, I think. It's, it's good to have a more balanced schedule. 
but yeah, so um, season, spring season ends July 15th, which I think was, that, that's after when the fall season started last year. So, yeah. yeah. Things are weird. Anyway, NASL. Yeah, NASL, that's your answer. Um, yeah, I definitely think, first off, a hat tip to the Michigan Bucks, who have become giant killers in, in the, uh, the, the U.S. Open Cup. I believe they have an Open Cup win a couple years ago, and they scored a, a, another big one tonight. They play at the Ultimate Soccer Arenas, which I think is fantastic for the, uh, a, a, a professional development league team, like a, an out, quote-unquote outdoor soccer league team to be playing in like a giant arena. Um, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, I think that Indy had been a little bit, um, you know, a little bit of fancy wallpaper covering up some, some serious structural issues. Um, and I think that, you know, these last couple of games maybe have helped expose that a little bit. I definitely think though, that if you're going into Michael, Michael Carroll and, and trying to get a win, it's going to be hard as hell. Um, it's not going to be easy. Um, Indy 11, I think you would argue are probably the most stable franchise in the NASL um you know in terms of attendance in terms of like general ownership and direction maybe North Carolina you, you put them there too but you know um it, yeah it's 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 they they are capable of if it's a home game they're capable of winning it um, whereas I I feel like with Miami I, I don't know if we really established that kind of fortress mentality yet but uh they've definitely established that in Indianapolis yeah, I was going to say, it's funny because they're also one of the newer teams. Uh, I yes. Guess, <laughs> I guess not so much anymore, but and how the league shrunk, but for them to be the most stable. And I was going to say, North Carolina uh, almost folded under traffic, and then they rebranded this year. So That's true. Uh, who, who knows what's going on behind the scenes over there? Yeah, this is true. But uh, uh, then again, it's the NESL this year, so Puerto Rico has all sorts of problems. They fired a bunch of operational people today. Uh, ah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what ifs? I mean, that that schedule isn't too bad at the end of the year, too. Uh, we've yet to play Jacksonville, but I like that there's a Edmonton thrown in there. Uh, we haven't gotten a chance at the Deltas yet, so all those games are going to kind of be clumped together. Uh, Deltas surprisingly are doing very well now uh, after a couple games under their belt. So I think those two will be uh, very important towards the end of the year uh, if they keep going on their run as they have yeah i mean deltas are second you know you could be looking at it you could be looking at a two-game basically home and away series to determine the spring season championship again we're getting way ahead of ourselves obviously but um yeah that's definitely compelling cosmos don't go away um you, you've really got at this point again it's it's early on you've, you've got more games to play than you've played but um you know, you've, you've got five teams with double-digit points at this point. You've got Indy 11, Edmonton, and Puerto Rico at the bottom. Edmonton and Puerto Rico kind of look adrift. Um, Indy 11, they're not doing all that well either. But you, from Armada up, it's 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 healthy competition. It's it's going to be interesting to see. And I think that Miami FC would be, I think you would be plenty happy to grind out, you know, a 1-1 or 2-2 draw um, at Indy. Um but you know, we'll take a win. Why not, right? And, and build up that that barrier between Miami FC and the rest of the league. Um, so, um, regarding fan matters and day brigade matters, uh, the watch party will be at Fado. That's right. Uh, Saturday night. That's in downtown Brickle, um, Mary Brickle Village. Easily accessible by Metro Rail, Metro Mover, car, Uber, whatever you want to take. 
uh, get down there. Great spot to watch uh, soccer. Uh, Drew, yeah. you're familiar with that already. Yeah, if you haven't <laughs> been there, I don't think you've ever watched a game of soccer ever. <laughs> it's it is so it, many things are hosted through there. Yeah, it's it, if yeah if if you're listening to this podcast, I would be willing to bet good money that you must have been at Fado before because you care that much about soccer. Basically, Fado and Churchill's and Fritz and Franz; those are the three like you must have watched a soccer game if you're a soccer fan in Miami. Um, but yeah, so it should be a good time. And it appears that uh, again, I, I good preview of the show if you follow if you're a member of Day Brigade, and you're in the the chat. I, it would appear that they might there might be a longer term uh, partnership between Fado and the team, which is probably a good thing. Fado does a good job promoting local soccer throughout the country, so, so they have their franchise and they have different locations and different spots. Um, but yeah, so that's intriguing to see. Um, anything else on Indy, Drew? Before we move on, uh, no, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, got, got no that, words left for him. That I'm was tired con- of talking about him. Let's just yeah. beat him next week and. Talk Be about Puerto it. Rico. Yes. Um, so, uh, our our boys in pink, man, suffered a suffered a loss. Ah, uh, yes. The I, fighting I, flamingos. Thank you for reminding me when I couldn't re- remember it myself. Uh, yeah, Miami <laughs> United. Um, I put up a heck of a fight. Uh, put up a heck of a fight. Made it a game, uh, but valiantly bowed out of the U.S. Open Cup uh, after defeating uh, Boca uh, in the previous round. Uh, lost to Jacksonville of the NASL. Uh, it was two one or three uh, two? I think it was two one or three one. All I know is that Nacho scored the goal for Miami. Yes. I just have Nacho alerts on my phone. I'm I'm working <laughs> on an app that you can download. But uh, yeah, man, it sucks to see him go out early, but it seems like they put up a pretty good effort against a uh, an NASL club. So uh, they're doing they're doing good, man. That team has a bright future. Yes, it it was looking real nervy there, but about. About 8.15 on Wednesday night when you were looking at the NASL starting out in the Open Cup and it was like trailing, 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 trailing. It was messy. And so, um, yeah, uh, you know, we we, kind of had this conflict of, you know, normally you kind of root for the harder teams to get knocked out, but you don't want the NASL to look the fool. Um, And, uh, you know... especially with the NASL-USL conflict or whatever you want to call it, you wanted the the NASL to look as strong as possible, but we were definitely rooting for Miami United to advance just because of our local ties. Uh, But as you said, they're they're building, they're doing things the right way, and uh, you would expect them to be back next year and uh, be back uh, maybe even bigger and better. That's right. I think we should play them uh, in a friendly on on, uh, even turf at uh, Cobb Field, man. Yes, absolutely. Let's do a neutral site. I love neutral a neutral site. site. Um, so, uh, I guess the last thing to talk about before we pack it in tonight, um, as I said, I did want to talk about the news, and it's hard to believe there is actually news um, on this front. Um, but again, we talk about local soccer, and it would appear that the team at Miami Beckham United uh, are finally starting to get their ducks in a row. Um, that there might be some some positive uh, movement uh, on the front of, of an MLS team coming to Miami. Um, there was a, a city, uh, not a city council meeting, but a, a community meeting on Wednesday night with uh, members of the community in Overtown. Um, and yeah, there were just discussions about actually how they were going to 
propose to make this work. Um, the the big news in the last month was that um, Todd Bowley, who was uh, who is an owner, a part owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers, came on board with the team of Marcelo Clare, Tim Liewicki, who's the the kind of uh, point man. Is Marcelo still involved in that? Because he's like disappeared. My understanding is that he is. My understanding okay. is that he is. Um, it this that core group is still there. Um, I, but, I know once Todd came in, they're based, that guy must have like huge pockets because as soon as they announced that he was part of it, they were like, okay, bye, don't need any more investors. Yes. Voli uh, <laughs> like, is the money man. And, yeah. uh, Marcelo Clare is to an extent uh, the money man, but he was never going to be the sole, basically, financial, you know, the financial anchor. Um, and Voli appears to have kind of closed the circle there. Um yeah, so the meeting took place Wednesday. If you're not familiar, again, what the hell are you doing listening to this? Because you must have known all, all the, the backstory behind this. But originally the presentation was made in 2014 um, to start a team in 2018, I believe, um, with a, a stadium built on uh, the island at the Port of Miami. That fell through. Then there were discussions at uh, Museum Park next to the American Airlines Arena. That fell through. Then there were discussions next to Marlins Park. That fell through. <laughs> and um, the agreed-upon spot where Miami Beckham United have – that's the name of the – it's not the name of the team, but the name of the organizing company. They have purchased land there, and there's an additional three acres that needs to be purchased through the city of Miami and Miami-Dade County. And so there needs to be a vote on that, but there are basically ways that the county can expedite this as long as they commit to certain – promises of numbers of jobs that are being created and and what kind of wages are being paid etc cetera, etc cetera. um but yeah so it, it appears again anytime anyone talks about this story you talk about it too loud and you scare it off like a shy puppy so this could all turn <laughs> um but there there is some momentum finally after probably two years of basically no momentum um, there is some momentum, and, and I, th I think it's an interesting development for local soccer. Drew, what do you take away from this? Yeah, I'm I'm skeptical of the whole thing. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know what exactly got accomplished at this meeting. I it just it was unfortunate because it took place during the time of two Open Cup games. Yes. So I think <laughs> most of the soccer crazies in Miami were. Uh, located at either one of those games, and then kind of the I'm holding out for MLS people were at that meeting, although I hear it was not too many. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I guess the one complaint that the, the the people in Overtown had was that the the timeline of the meeting came up so quickly. Like, they basically announced it, and they were like, hey, guys, in four days we're going to have this, this meeting. <laughs> so uh, I think part of that was, you know, this – there's been this whole Garber timeline that's been imaginary or isn't released to the public. And apparently now there's some kind of clock on the Beckham thing. So I think that's maybe had come into play and I think they're desperate and scrambling now. So I think that's why you see these, you know, secured an additional investor and now they're really going at the land. Um, so maybe it was something that jump started Beckham uh, to get his shit together and to get into gear. Hmm. But for, you know, for so long, just nothing was happening. And after the Marlins Park thing, this this Overtown site's been talked about for, yeah, like you said, I think almost two years or a year and a half. And just all of a sudden this week it's kind of jumped in. So uh, my guess is, yeah, I, th I think Garber kind of put a, a deadline on it. So um, who knows when that deadline is it's with, ev with everything and it's just so mysterious. 
it's this weird thing because yeah, we've had plenty of time to think about this. <laughs> and it's this weird situation where Garber wants the team. He clearly wants a team in Miami. And 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 putting aside a bunch of people in Broward County and elsewhere who are like, well, my, it won't work in Miami, blah, blah, blah. Times are different, and you need to recognize that. Um, put, times are changed. Times are changing. Putting that aside, there's really not a good reason for them not to want to be in Miami. It's a, it's one of the major markets in the country. It's basically the place where world soccer thinks of like of, of players coming. Really, it, you know, even on vacation, like there there's a connection. Putting aside size of TV market or whatever, oh. there's cachet with the name of the city of Miami. And not um, only that, the MLS is just known as a retirement league, so. Even it's, before the Beckham team was solid, you had all these players towards the end of the career that were just saying, I want to play in Miami with Beckham. Yes, it was perfect. <laughs> so it fits perfect with the MLS business model. It, it's, it's kind of a perfect <laughs> dynamic. Um, but there's this thing where the Beckham group is going to be able to get their team at basically 25% the going expansion rate. And Oh, but, no, it's way less now. Well, isn't the expansion fee $100 million? No, I think Atlanta paid like one seventy five. Really? Yeah, I think Orlando got in for like a hundred or one twenty five. I think, um, who's our who's our boys? The Loons. Uh, Minnesota got in for like one fifty, and I think Atlanta paid one seventy five. So per expansion team, it's almost shot up twenty five million. I'm okay. not a hundred percent on these numbers, but the, this is what I've heard. Current bidding as of December twenty sixteen. For the 25th and 26th expansion teams are planned to join 2020. Expansion fees of 150 million. Yeah, okay. 150. So let, let's go with that number. That that seems to work. Um, yeah. So even then, it's it's basically a, 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 a you know an, an 80 percent discount, something on that order. Um, I think I'm doing my math right there. Approximately. Oh, I'll take math. it, man. I'm bad yeah. at math. Sounded um, good to me. So so it's clear that Don Garber knows that if this goes through. You know, even though the, the league agreed to it, and that was part of the reason to get back in, you can't really renege on it because you'll potentially lose any negotiating power you have with any other, like, major star because you'll have dicked over one, the first yeah. person to really make that major move. Um, they they clearly want it on their own terms. It's like if we're good, we're, it's like the business that printed the coupon wrong and, like, you get a, a, a 90% discount instead of a 9% discount. And they're like, okay, but the rule, all the other rules are clearly stated, and so you have to follow all these rules to the T. And if you don't, you don't get to use it. And so that very much appears to be considering where the the big thing has been. There's got to be a stadium. There has to be a stadium deal. Meanwhile, New York City FC appear to be playing in Yankee Stadium until the end of time because there's there's no agreement on that and and all the other issues that have, that have arisen. They, I've, they am, I've also ahead. heard that they have they want to do a temp stadium also. Yes, which, again, that also appears because I believe Tim Laverke said yesterday that they were shooting for the stadium to be open by 2021. Yeah. Um, which would, again, are you going to wait five more years for this team to get started? Um, which it's hard to believe, but it hasn't even been five years since that first announcement. So that's a long time. So you would wind up with a temp stadium anyway. So, again, the MLS plays by its own rules when it needs to, but yet holds up these rules to follow. Who knows? Um, so anyway. My conclusion on this is, again, I, I, we've gotten to the point, and I feel like a lot of people in local soccer in South Florida have gotten to the point where it's show me. Show me a, a shovel in the ground. Show me steel beams going up. Show me seats being installed. 
and we'll buy it. And until then, we're all going to hold our breath. Now, I will say, I will also comment uh, related to the game last night. There are plenty of people among the Dade Brigade, among Miami FC supporters, who are stridently, fervently against whatever team would come with this. Yeah, there there may have there may or may have not have been a F David Beckham chant going yeah, on. There there were some uh th- yeah, there were some sentiments relayed uh, regarding like or dislike of David Beckham. I'm not gonna comment on them further. Um look, I, I cheer just because he played on Man United and, and that's that's the reason I, I've <laughs> I've never been the highest on David Beckham. Um but I think Again, every soccer fan, local soccer fan, if this comes to pass, and I, I refuse to believe that I'm going to live the rest of my life and there's not going to be an MLS team in Miami. I don't think it's a realistic expectation. If some for some reason this falls through, I, I still don't think that MLS is going to go to places like Sacramento or you know St. Louis and not go to Miami. I refuse to accept that. So let, let's just assume that at some point this MLS team comes. I don't see any reason why. There's any, and I've said this before. There's, there's no reason why you know, my my Miami FC tickets are are going to be paid for every year still, you know, as if they're playing, I'm playing, and and yeah, I know the business dynamics will change, but I don't think you have to be virulently anti MLS in order to be vehemently pro NASL and Miami FC. I don't see it, and so I look at this and I say, whole hum, talk to me when this actually happens, but at the same time. I th- think it's more local soccer, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I don't know, man. I've given up on it. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm part of in that other group you said. Show me the shovels. Show me the beams. Uh, you know, I was fairly involved in it from from the beginning phases, but uh, you know, I've in the three years we've had a team be placed here that's played two full seasons. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean. It, uh, you know, I don't. I don't need to. You know, I'm not going to parade around and call commissioners anymore, and show up to town hall meetings and you fight know, residents. And I feel like that's the greatest like tragedy. Although it's not, because it means that we we've, we've been able to build this own community around Miami FC. But to me, like there was such like a a, a groundswell like a legitimate groundswell of people. And like basically everyone, a lot of the people we know now with Miami FC, we first got to meet. Like when I met Drew, I met him through Southern Legion and, and, and activities there and a bunch of other people. And this long drawn out like stealth process has just killed a lot of that excitement where it's like all of us are like, you know, we have you know, Stockholm syndrome that we've just been taken we we don't we don't we don't know how to process this. Good news, we can't process it. Bad news, we can't process it. Was, and like you said, it was ahead. just clever as shit too because it got everybody excited and they're like, yeah, we got an MLS team. And then like a week later, it was like, when, where? Oh, we don't really have anything decided. Yeah. And then it like even after the announcement, it's like, oh, you're just announcing the intent. Like you didn't actually do any paperwork. Yes. So all these people were going crazy, and then like in the weeks to come. Which ended up in being the three years to come. Just nothing's ever gotten done past that first step. And it's just it's it's funny because and I've been known to do it too, and I have had to walk it back. That instinct when like you see that like you know Tampa Bay is launching this ad campaign like Tampa Bay to MLS or whatever, and it's like oh well that's comical. They 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 just want to get attention. It's like well 
that's they've actually done more than Miami Beckham United had really done basically like two years in. Like it was it was it was it's yeah, it gives you a different perspective on it and I hope it works. I hope it works. But there are still hurdles to clear and there are still, you know, hills to climb and yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. And if it does happen it will definitely have a, a, a profound impact on the local soccer scene. And yeah, so I, I guess that's it on that front. But I did think it was worth mentioning because um, it was um, it, it's it's a big it, it's a big development, um, and yeah, I guess we'll see. I guess that's all you can say. Yeah. Um. So let's, yeah, let's buy some land parcels. Yes, right. Get get in on the Overtown land now. Um. So yeah, Audrey Edmondson is the big vote on the uh the county council, the county commission. Uh, she represents Liberty, Liberty City, Little Haiti, Overtown, and the Upper East Side, uh, that area, and so it'll be in her district, and she sounds intrigued, but not sold, and so we don't know what the impact of that meeting Wednesday will have, um, and I, we'll find out when it comes up to a vote. Um, so, that's it on that front. Um, let's leave European soccer out of this because Drew and I are not going to be very friendly uh, once, <laughs> once the game ends on Saturday night because either I will be devastated because we bottled fourth place or he will be devastated because he'll be making his first trip to the Europa League, I think, since Y2K. Uh, since it wasn't even the Europa League, it was the UEFA Cup. Um, yeah, so... Um, yeah, so let's leave that. Let's, let's put that to the side and just say Manchester United sucks. Yep. Uh, they're gonna finish sixth, and they're gonna lose. Uh, <laughs> they're gonna lose, lose the Europa League trophy. Uh, moving on. Uh, that's it, I guess. Right? Any other local soccer business to attend to? Uh, well, Miami United re-signed Rambo De Leon. Yes. That's the big bombshell seven. at the end of the. That's the big bombshell at the end of the podcast. Yes, yes, I'm happy he's back, though. I'm happy he's back. Although he is wearing just a normal number ten, oh, I was I kind was... of upset by that. Ooh, yeah, I'm out on him now. I'll yeah, I'm gonna. City instead of the I mean, we could we could buy one of those Ladose jerseys and get like a gold like glitter pen, <laughs> and make our own custom like gold glitter numbers on the back, and just I... do the three plus seven. I have a Ladose jersey waiting for me next time I go to a game. I bought the season ticket. So uh Ooh. yeah, I'm I'm I am officially a member of Ladose. I haven't really mentioned it, but I, I uh I'm excited. You know, again I support local soccer. Like I said, I'll have my Miami FC season ticket, I'll have my Miami LS season ticket, I'll have a Miami United season ticket, and I won't eat. Um <laughs> but that's okay because I'll have soccer. Soccer will keep me fed. Um Yeah, so I guess that's about it. Um another podcast in the books. Um yeah, Drew, good talking with you, pal. Heck yes, man. Let's uh, let's beat Indy again. Yes, let's keep the winning streak alive. Uh, like I said, please stick around. We will have some additional content and commentary um, from the game on Wednesday. Some post-game comments from Miami C players, Miami FC players. Um, and make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Magic City Soccer. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash magiccitysoccer. Make sure you get us on SoundCloud if you have SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash, you guessed it, Magic City Soccer. Uh, subscribe. Yeah, leave, leave comments on SoundCloud, man. Leave comments on SoundCloud, and uh, if you have iTunes and you get your podcast through your iPhone, um, subscribe and, and leave a review. Uh, if it's five-star, if it's anything less than that, go screw yourself. Just keep That's it to right. yourself. Um, but yeah, well, Unless so, we get everybody to give us one star, and we could that could be like our shtick. 
<laughs> just to be horribly reviewed. No, here's what you want. Here's what you can do. You can rip us in your comment. Just give us five stars. Yeah, yeah, I like give, that too. Give us five stars and then absolutely destroy us in the comment. That's fine. You're like they're rude, ugly, and impotent. <laughs> they five don't stars. even talk about soccer the whole time. Five stars. Um, so yeah, go ahead and do that if you want to. That sounds fantastic. So um, yeah, I think that's all the ways we can be pimped. Um, so follow us anywhere and everywhere. He's at it's Houseman LOL on Twitter. I'm at Matthew S Bunch on Twitter. Uh, and that's it. Enough. So long. Uh, until next time. Go Miami FC and go Miami soccer. Omelette du fromage. You must be pretty pleased with uh, making a difference today, right? Yeah, I'm pretty happy for, for the win today. The boys struggle, we struggle a little bit, but we got to be able to get the three points, and that's what, that's what matters. The uh, the US Open Cup, is that a priority for you as a team, or uh, do you just set out to win every game? No, definitely, you know. The US Open Cup is a really important important cut for us and for the whole team, I say, you know, because you play against MLS teams, you play amateur teams, so that's where you show your best. Who's the best right there? Second year in Miami. Um, being here for the second year is it a little bit different. You uh, you have a little bit more camaraderie. Is there a little bit more team chemistry? Yeah, second year, like you said, huh? I, I'm enjoying the weather now. You know, I'm a, a little bit used to the weather now, so that's a big help for me. And yeah, you know, they brought some new guys for the second year, and we have a good, pretty, pretty good chemistry. So you're from what? Uh, where are you from originally? I'm from California. Los Angeles. From, you're from California, so uh, here you get a little bit more temperature, a little bit more humidity. So now you're used to it in your training. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, I try to get the humidity off me. <laughs> good effort today, Jaime. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care, mate. Thank you. Here with Mason Trafford. So Mason, um, you went behind. Mm-hmm. You came back, you won the game. What's 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 the secret to that? Like, how do you prepare yourselves mentally for coming back from giving the goal down? Ah, I think we just have to have belief that we're a good team and that we're going to come back. I mean, that was there is always our intention to come and win this game. It was, uh, you know, that was it was losing was never an option for us. We just had to grind it out. It wasn't exactly what we wanted, you know, going down one, but we grinded out. We we came back. Quality showed through in the end. Uh, the supporters make a difference or not? Yeah, of course. We heard you in a few times there, and uh, it's good to hear you guys cheering on our team. I know that's both they're both Miami teams, and they're the underdog. But it's nice to have the support. It definitely gives you that little lift in the 80th, 85th minutes, trying to close it out. You have to get to Indy. So uh, three points from Indy. Confident? Yeah, of course. We've built a we've built a good team here. I think we have what three or four wins in a row now. We're trying to go out and win every game, and I think we have the quality to to have that as a goal and. Recover now and, and go give it a go on Saturday night. That's Mason Trafford, the most reliable defender in the NSL, the highest passing, the most accurate passer in the NSL. Sorry, Matt. One final question. I've heard conflicting reports. How many Mason Traffords are there? There's all. <laughs> There's only one. There's only one Mason Trafford. So we're here with Poku, uh tied the game up 1 1, kind of looking from our vantage point. It was, came down as a header. Did you head the bar or did it seem like a half cross that kind of went into the back of the net? I had the ball, okay, sorry about that. Um, looking, going into the field, what did Nessa tell you guys at halftime that made it seem that you guys came out of the second half with more urgency, kind of a desperation that make sure you got this game knotted and kept it moving forward? It was the same message from, from the start. Um, it wasn't a bad team. They were a really good team. Um, and playing teams like that, playing five at the back, it's always a, a difficult game. Um, and they got a first goal, so it makes it more difficult. But you know, we we are we are. I think we have we are a good side. We are we are group, we are good as a group. And um, you know, he was uh, a little bit getting on us, uh, not to concede. You know, the 
the first ten and we did concede. So, you know, everybody was frustrated at that point, but we knew we could do it. So, you know, I would say yeah, thanks, thanks to the guys. Uh, you know, we did it together. Absolutely. It seemed like for both of you guys that they were clogging up that final third. That final pass throughout the game was something that, for whatever reason, was just getting picked off at the last second. Some through balls just went a little too far wide. Was there a congestion in the middle that forced you guys to take the ball out wide to in, or was the game plan always to go from the outside into the... No, we, our game plan, it's always, uh, you know, the same. We, 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 as you can tell, we find teams in our, in our league that that's the same thing, uh, and that is the only option we have to go wide. And I guess uh, we got two goals <laughs> coming from wide areas, so it was good. It was guys, as I said, I knew, uh, I think they knew they want to block the midfield and they will force us wide and okay, we will take that too. So as I said earlier, good good stuff from our teammates. Uh, good, we are a good group. So uh, I know if everybody, you know, put even 90% out, the chances of us getting the results, it's, it's higher. And I feel like that's what we did in the second half. We because we wanted to win this game. So. And to switch to the surf for a second, fourth division team PDL, normally known as an amateur league. A lot of these guys just seem to be professionals without a contract at the moment, so they qualify to play in that league. Was that something you guys prepared for when you looked on the field? You saw some familiar faces and said, "Wait a second, like I, I know you." Yeah, but um, you know, it comes down to the group um, because uh, sometimes uh, you can have some good players in some teams, but if you don't have some players around you, it's. Never. You can look at your team and say, you know, point some guys out that are really good that played in the NASL, well, you know, really good. But uh, it's different. And you know, as I said, our group, it's. I I feel like we we are as strong as a you know as a group. So if we put our mind to do it, um, definitely we can do it. But uh, you know, we we were down a little bit in the first half, and then getting a you know conceding a goal, then it changed everything. But Thanks again to the guys. We, we, you know, we that was the aim. We want to win this game, and we did. Is there anything the surf did that you didn't expect? Everything that they did, we we expected <laughs> it. You know, like uh, going to sit back, going to play long balls, and we just got to be aware of those things. And you know, I think they they did a good job. Got a one goal from it, so it worked for them. But you know, thanks to the guys again. Boku, how are you finally physically for the match on Saturday, having played this 90 minutes in the middle of the week? Well, um, it's another game. It's another three points game for us uh, that we have to get uh, because uh, this league is really important, especially the first round. On uh, Indy, always tough to play. And playing in their home with their fans, tougher to play. So, But, you know, uh, I know we are on the same page that... Uh, we're going there to to get the three points. Uh, so I know uh, you know it's hard for 90 minutes uh, Wednesday game, but uh, I got to turn it on on Saturday and you know try to get the three points so we can relax a little. Yeah, no midweek games next week, so you get to maybe take yeah. a, take an yeah. extra breather yeah. during training. Yeah, so of course we have to go there and get the job done too. Good for me personally to get back out there and uh, get some minutes. So I was very fortunate to be out there and to um, be able to help the, the team out the way I was able to tonight. So it was a good result. Um, obviously, we didn't play as well as we wanted to, um, but we learned a lot tonight and, and uh, we're still alive for the tournament. So hopefully we'll, you know, adjust a couple things and, and, you know, look to adjust them and fix that for the next match. How are you physically after? 
Um, I'm not 90 minutes fit at the moment. Uh, I think about the 70th minute I started uh, fatiguing and, and towards the end my calves were cramping up a bit, but uh, that's to be expected. I haven't played full 90 in a long time, so uh, other than that, I feel good. So, What can you expect from Tampa Bay in the next round? Uh, we're not looking to Tampa yet. We're looking to Indiana this weekend. So, uh, first and foremost, that's our focus. Uh, the next, the next home game or the next, the next uh, league match. So, uh, looking to Indy again and hopefully get another result there. This side with the surf, even though they're a PDL team, a lot of former professionals that just didn't get a contract and now they're playing on the squad. Was that something you noticed and something that you guys maybe prepped for prior to the game? Or when you got on the field, you looked at some of the faces and said, wait a second, I know who these guys are. I've seen them before. No, we definitely, you know, prepared for the match. And, and uh, you know, the coaches do a great job of scouting the team that we're about to play. So we knew um, that, that we were going to see some guys that were familiar from the league uh, last year. And uh, we knew they had some good players. We knew it wasn't going to be an easy match. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we didn't play as well as we, we wanted to. And we had to make it a difficult game. But, uh, you know, and their defense, they had a good, good team, and they had really good players. So we were, we were just fortunate. Sorry. Was the game plan to go out wide, or did their defense and their structure force you to take an outside-in approach? Um, we, we kind of expected them to play five in the back and just kind of, you know, like most teams, um, just try to sit in on us a little bit. So um, we kind of made things difficult whenever we got scored on first. So um, it just kind of opened up that way, and, and the flanks were open tonight. So I think we took advantage of that, and we were, we were able to um, – you know, make make crosses and finishes, and uh, fortunately we came out with three points. So taking a look at the Indian Eleven who lost tonight, uh, short team with a short roster. What do you expect next week from the Indian Eleven coming off again, just like you guys, a four-day window to recoup, repair, and to face you guys? Indy's a team that grinds games. Um, they're a tough team. They fight till the till the end of the match. So um, just like you saw last weekend, they're a tough tough opponent and. Um, if we give them a window of opportunity, they're going to take their chances and make the most of them. So we got to be ready to uh, hopefully put a couple in early on them and, and uh, not make it a fight towards the end. So hopefully we can close it out early on in the match. But they are um, a great team, and, and uh, you know we can't take them lightly. So hopefully we'll keep the momentum going this weekend. Most of the NASL teams lost today. How difficult is it to be as energetic as the other teams, knowing that they're playing less games than you guys are now? Um. For whatever reason, it's, it's like that, I guess. Uh, the better team, or on paper, the better team, um, I don't know if it's they just don't take uh, take them seriously or what the deal is, but um, that does tend to be the case, and, and that was our, our warning tonight going into the match is that, you know, prepare like it's it's any other match, and um, even though they're, you know, not technically a professional club, it's it's not a game to take lightly, and, and as you saw, we kind of took our foot off the gas and, and made it a difficult match towards the end. Magic of the Open Cup, right? That's it. Yeah. Uh, nothing. We just got a little sloppy at the end, but uh, we pulled off the win. But it was a good game. It was a tough game. And uh, it was a good game. First of all, how do you feel now? Like, you've got a goal. You've helped the team with your performance. And what is the difference that you can tell us from before to now? Um, there's no really big difference. Uh, we're just working as a team this year. And uh, we're working hard and we're helping uh, each other out. It's not only me, it's everybody. How about you with Open Cup Wednesday, and then a game on, on Saturday. Do you think you guys are prepared for that? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to take it game by game, but uh, I think we're prepared for it. You seem to be getting a little more comfortable in the position that Nesta put you in. Uh, what's been the biggest thing that's helped you out adjusting to the new position? Biggest thing is him. 
uh, he helps me out a lot. He, uh, he's teaching me the position a little by little, and I'm learning a lot from him. Uh, like I said before, um, he's he's a uh, he's a good teacher. He's teaching me the basics and helping me out uh, every play, play by play, in training and off the field, which is which is good. We saw that uh, your teammates tackled you and they did a little dog pound on top of you. One of you guys, I forget what it was, kicked you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of them kicked me in the back. I don't know what did it, but it hurt. I felt pain. <laughs> it took me a while to get up. I felt it. Tomorrow I'll feel it even more, and then maybe I won't even train. <laughs> but uh, it, it felt good. It felt good. So another game, another goal. Obviously, I already asked before. Going into Wednesday against the South Florida Surf, is that a game you're itching to play against, or is that one of those things where – not that you want to overlook any, any opponent, but you see who might be coming down the line. The Rowdies, a big game here at FIU Stadium. What are your thoughts going into Wednesday, and how do you manage a game against a smaller side who you shouldn't technically have any issues against? Uh, well, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play the Open Cup. We're trying to uh, do do good also in the Open Cup as well as our regular season. But uh, I'm gonna play, and uh, we're gonna take game by game and see how I feel. But I feel good right now. I feel good. I'm only 23. I should be able to play three games a week. <laughs> Listen, two more games. What, seven days? So yeah. five in a short amount of time. So thankfully you're 23. Yeah. Exactly. Ronella, un gol, una asistencia. No podías terminar mejor este partido. No, sí, la verdad era importante volver a ganar después de Puerto Rico y lo hemos hecho. por el gol. Aunque la primera parte creo que podíamos ganar con mucho más goles, pero, pero bueno, lo importante al final son los tres puntos y estamos contentos. ¿Tiene ahora su primera su primer etapa en el campeonato donde tienen partidos sábado, miércoles, sábado? ¿Cómo se preparan para eso y se han hablado en esto acerca de ese partido de Liverpool? No, todavía nada. Es verdad que aquí con la calor y el, el tiempo es difícil jugar todos los partidos. A ver, ahora el miércoles como como llegan lo, lo que han jugado más este partido y si el míster ve que hay que cambiar algo y, y todo, pero eh, espero que estamos todos listos para, para el miércoles ¿Qué pensaste cuando el referí llamó a los jugadores al campo otra vez para terminar el último minuto? No sé, la verdad lo que pasó no sé por qué pito antes y luego no sé, la verdad era yo le dije que era un fallo de él y, y tenía que asumirlo y ya está acabado el, el partido pero dijo que que había que empezar de nuevo. Bueno, no, no ha ido mal. Pero... En español mío está un poco feo, so perdóname ahora. El equipo tuyo en España que tiene tu contrato, Valladolid, perdóname, eh, están creo que dos puntos afuera para calificar para los playoffs, para ir al, a la liga, la primera división. Es una cosa que, que tú miras en televisión para ver cómo estás haciendo ese equipo, para ver si puedes regresar en un tiempo a la liga. No, ese... Bueno, el año pasado era... Yo, yo tenía contrato con ese club, pero ya estoy del Miami 100%. Okay. Perdón, no, 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 no.